magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 529. Another voice-only edition of the podcast because uh, we're both too dumb to get video stuff working, I guess. At least I am. Um, However, we were on the eve of Eli getting his Steam Deck last week's show, Mm. so... I feel like maybe we could start off talking oh, about man. how you feel about your Steam Deck. I can't believe you throw in the was, trash yet. I can't believe that was only a week ago. I've been so fucking busy that like it seems like that was forever ago. Um, yeah. No, dude, I love it. Like it is. Um, it's kind of surprising, like how much more I like it than I thought. You know, because like yeah, um, I have a really, I mean, not really good, but I have a decent gaming PC that I play on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. kind of was was worried that like I was gonna get the Steam Deck and then just be kind of annoyed that it's like oh, everything just runs shittier than my real computer. Like why don't I just play on that, right? Yeah. But yeah. um, but no, I mean like it's allowed me to you know much much like I've uh, been thinking it was going to is like unlocked like all these single player games that you know <laughs> yeah. I I like playing like you know uh, sitting outside or laying in bed or sitting on the couch or whatever. Like I've been yeah. going and I've just been like powering through stuff. Um, yeah. And it really reminds me of like um, when I got the switch the first time and it was like, man, this fucking rules. Yeah. I could play Zelda everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just played like so much of the switch. I'm in like a similar sort of like honeymoon period with. Um, yeah. With the Steam Deck. And, you know, I've been like very pleasantly surprised how well things are running on it. And like so. Yeah. But to, to caveat that, like, I haven't really, I haven't needed to wander outside of the, um, the Steam Deck green checkmark zone. Right. You know? Right. Like, well, you don't really need to. I mean, if there's, like, a specific game you absolutely have to play that's not, like, right, verified right. for some reason, there is so much stuff verified that you just can play that forever. And, and other games are just constantly getting verified. So it's like you're yeah. always going to have stuff to play. Yeah, like um, yeah, a buddy of mine was I got a Steam Deck and was like pissed at it, like some I don't know one of the Batman Arkham games didn't work or whatever. And I was like, dude, yeah. like who cares? How you have, you have five hundred games in your Steam library? Probably play something else. Like, um, so I have um, got Dead Cells. I was getting into Dead Cells, and a friend friend of mine told me about uh, Rogue Legacy Two, which yeah. um, man, I have played the shit out of this game. So it's it's pretty awesome. much like, have you are, are you familiar with this at all? I only played the first one. Okay, so well, I don't know. I, I never, I never played the first one, so I don't know how different the second one is. But like, it's um, mm-hmm. like the basis is like imagine a game like Dead Cells, which you know we've, we've talked about a ton. Everyone likes, um, except when you die, um, it's got a bit of like a Crusader Kings three thing going on, where like when you die, mm-hmm. your heir, you get to choose within, between three of your yeah. heirs, and they all have weird bonuses or defects yeah, or weird whatever. bonuses or defects or whatever else. So it's yeah. like um that's kind of part of the the strategy of the game is like and and what's cool is that you know if your if your heirs have like you know defects or negative effects or, or whatever you want to call them um you get a bonus to the amount of gold that you earn and you know, gold mm-hmm. is used as a um uh it goes away after every run so you need to spend your gold um mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. you hop back into the dungeon um, yeah. but there's like, man, the talent tree on this of crap that you can spend gold on is like never mm-hmm. ending. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's, yeah. So I'm like, um, level, uh, 70 something right now in the, mm-hmm. um, which basically means I, I've spent 70 talent points or whatever, or bought yeah. 70 talent points or whatever for the, the tech tree. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe like 25 in or I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I see like, so we got the one that boosts armor, the one that boosts strengths. Like this, mm-hmm. this seems neat, but it's going to run on a steam. But it's like, fuck no, dude, this thing just like keeps, keeps going. going. <laughs> um, yeah. The first one is one of my favorite games on mobile. Actually, it plays super well on mobile. And um, 
I always liked how like the errors, like traits can be silly stuff like colorblind and mm-hmm. the whole game's in black and white or whatever, or uh, you like are constantly always floating or whatever. It reminded me of like some of the weird um, like negative effects you'd come across, like trying to use an unidentified scroll in like a rogue game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, I just having a ton of fun with it. And what's what's neat is that like, um, it's like there's three, at least of what I've, how I've kind of looked at it, there's like three kinds of runs that you can have in the uh-huh. game. Like the first is like, okay, I've got a really, I'm starting with a really good character. I've come across really good relics, which are these kind of like, much like Dead Cells. I don't know what they're called in Dead Cells, but like the, yeah. the very yeah, powerful yeah, yeah. kind of like power-ups that you choose from um, yeah. that you come across. So um I, it's like I have like a serious run where it's like, okay, this is a really good character, uh, good status effects, good magic spell. I came across mm-hmm. a good relic. Like this is going to be a serious run. Like I have a real chance at like taking on a new boss or something else yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like serious mode. And then there's kind of like half serious mode where you kind of start out thinking like, okay, well, maybe this will turn into something. Um, maybe not like, you know, an okay character. And then you don't get like a good relic on like the first one that you discover and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At which point it's like, okay, well now we're just going to like focus on, uh, you know, exploring. So, you know, we find something new, maybe, um, yeah. you know, kill a bunch of guys to get experience for that particular class that that air is and everything else. And mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. and then there's just like the wacky run where you like pick like the absolute worst of your airs that has like a 200% gold bonus and, you just yeah. kind of like see how long you can survive and how much gold yeah. you can collect in that. And it's, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like really cool because like each of those three approaches, um, uh-huh. like really is, is a very different play style, I guess. So it's like, you have yeah. like the three very high level, different play styles. And then I, I don't know how many classes are, I think I've got like five or six unlocked right now. Um, mm. the play style of each individual class where, you know, you range from like a barbarian that, has a ton of health but attacks really slow to like an assassin that's the complete opposite end of the spectrum on that and that you're very nimble mm-hmm. and you have an ability that allows you to kind of like dodge damage and you do a lot of damage you're kind of like a glass cannon kind of thing yeah um yeah. there's just like just so much variation in in run to run that um you really just like don't get bored even if you're kind of doing the same thing each time yeah which, yeah, there's um, always like some sort of progress you're making or whatever. Yeah, uh, and and I and I really like that. And there's a whole like gear, like equipment system that you yeah. find equipment, and your blacksmith makes it for you, and then you can upgrade that. And it's just like every time, and, and Dead Cells kind of vibe the same way, where it's like every time that I yeah. think I'm like just about to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm running out of things to unlock or whatever. It's like, oh no, no, no! Actually, here's this whole new building that has all this other shit in it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. I what I always liked about. Um, uh, Rogue Legacy in comparison to something like Dead Cells is it feels more like a platformer, mm-hmm. like a run and jump platformer. And I feel like Dead Cells feels more like an action game because I think they are. You, that's both of sort of like their core of those two games is like one is trying more to be like a platformer, action platformer, and one's more action oriented with like not really platforming isn't really the focus in Dead Cells. Right. <clears throat> and I always thought that was cool. It made them feel different, even though they were like really similar style games. Oh God. Well, yeah. I mean, where I'm at right now. So I'm, I just got to like the fifth area in this and you know, the progression is very similar to, to dead cells and that you kind of unlock like a, a Metroid ability that allows you to have like a little bit different mobility or something that allows you to get to like, mm-hmm. you know, like double jump or, you know, other, other very standard kind of stuff that you've come to expect of that. And, um, the fifth area is like platforming to the extreme. I mean, it like, some of these, some of these things that you need to do to kind of get like secrets and kind of like uh, treasure chests that are a little off the beaten path, like almost feel closer to those um, like nightmare levels in Super Mario Maker than um, mm-hmm. than you know like what you might expect out of kind of you know like a side scrolly sort of roguelike game. It's yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's awesome. Very I, uh, very happy yeah, with that. I haven't um, checked out the sequel yet, but I remember. It was. It just came out of early access, I believe, like within the last month, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't really bother checking it out while it was in early access. But I know I'll pick it up at some point. Yeah, it just came out of early access. I think it just got like a big like when it did that, they released like a huge patch with a bunch of other shit. So like the game's in a mm-hmm. a really good state right now, um, and probably feels perfect on the Steam Deck. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, and you know like being a two D 
a 2D platformer game. It's you know, it yeah. runs a solid 60 frames a second, like plays great with the joystick and buttons and um, yeah. everything else. So well, let's back 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 up to um, what are your impressions of like the hardware itself? Oh, so well, so um, I'm used to it now, but I definitely like the first uh-huh. day I had it, I was like, man, this thing is like way bigger and way heavier than I was imagining it, it, it being. It's very big. You know, it's it's weird because like there's the um, specs for how much it weighs and it's like twice a switch or something like that. It's pretty heavy. But like when I picked it up, the first thing I thought was it feels light. And I think that's just in comparison to how large it is. Yeah. You think it's going to be heavier than it is for its size. But when you compare it to other handhelds, it is super heavy. But um, I don't know. I never really found it bothered me. Yeah, it, it definitely I, I, it feels light for its size, but at the same time, it's like big and heavy and it's large. It's a um, large thing. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of. Although I don't know, I feel like if the Switch never was a thing, it would yeah. feel way less portable than it actually is. Because like you know, we yeah. talked about this before, where it's like if you, you know, like the Game Boy Advance SP, and like you know, what I like so much about the Playdate is very much a stick in your pocket and go kind of thing with yeah. like no fucking around. Whereas yeah. the switch was kind of like a okay, well, if I'm bringing my switch somewhere, like I'm probably bringing like a bag, yeah. um, or or maybe just a switch in its case or something like that, right? Whereas yeah. like the Steam Deck is extremely, if this is coming with me, it's coming in a bag, or I'm bringing like the briefcase yeah. thing that it came in, you know? Yeah, the crazy uh, gun protection case or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, it's fine. You know, I you know, I didn't buy this thing yeah. to to be like, oh, let me, I'm gonna bring it out with me when I like go to a yeah. restaurant or something. I bought it to yeah. sit on the couch or play in bed. You know. Yeah, exactly. I I think I played mine outside the house once. Well, I mean, outside of my area, I guess. I took it to a friend's house once, basically, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's fine, but it's more for playing around the house. Yeah, I think. but man, we've had. We've had good weather here and like, um, yeah. you know, sitting around on our deck, like outside, you know, like when the sun's starting to go down and in the shade and stuff, just playing yeah. deck. I mean, it's like so fucking good. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's really, um, hard to put into words, like how much this thing has like exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and what's crazy is like, so, you know, I, I fell, you know, I like basically the first day I had the Steam Deck, I fell down the Rogue Legacy 2 rabbit hole, right? I just played that for like days and days and days and um, hit a point, you know, much like Dead Cells where you're just like, man, this game's getting real hard now. And like, I, I need to put this down because I'm going to burn myself out on it because I can only attempt this boss so many times without getting frustrated. Um, and I was like, uh, all right, well, let me try. So obviously like a 2D game, like any, anything's going to kick the shit out of a game that's, you know, has very simple graphics like Rogue Legacy 2, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, what's, what's like the most ambitious thing that I have in my Steam library that's, um, uh, deck approved. And so I was like, all right, mm-hmm. let me, let me jump into this Death Stranding, uh, collector's yeah. edition or game, whatever the, the good yeah. one is that, that just came out. Yeah. That Director's cut, is, I think. Uh, yeah. And you know, it runs, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't run at 60. It's like, you know, when, once you lock it at 40, uh, lock the screen at 40 hertz, like it's a solid 40 frames per second. So it's like not as good as my PC for sure, but um, the uh, it plays really good. And you, uh, the, with the screen size, like you really, it reminds me a lot of like playing stuff on the iPhone in that like, yes, you're playing at lower visual settings, but the, the screen is so small that like, yeah. You don't really notice it. Like, I bet if I loaded it that... It feels g- like high fidelity. <laughs> right. Like, I bet if I loaded that game up on my PC and I've got, a, I don't know, I think it's like a 1440p, 27-inch curved yeah. gaming monitor thing. Yeah. Running yeah. those exact settings, I'd probably be like, oh, this looks like shit, you know? Like, But, yeah. you know, you can't, like, with the size of the screen, like, you can't really tell that, like, okay, maybe, the, like, the you know terrain in the distance isn't as sharp as it would be otherwise. Right. Or, you know, like, textures yeah. are a little lower resolution or whatever. Because... Yeah. It's yeah. what, like 1280 by 800 or something like that? Yeah, 800p effectively. So, so, so yeah, you know, between the, the, the lower, comparatively lower screen resolution and size, it's kind of surprising how much they can hide those kind of like lower, um, yeah. kind of like visual settings in just sort of what you see, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, I never... There's some of these handheld PCs that come out and have like a 1440 screen or, you know, way higher resolution, which I feel like is just a waste of battery life and performance because you're never going to notice the difference, really. 
Um, and I think if you're like already, you're already compromising in some ways by playing something on a handheld, right? So if you are really into it, you're going to play at your computer or your console on your super high res TV with your surround sound, right, right, whatever, right. like get hard, hardcore into it. If you're playing something on a handheld and expecting to be like on the go with it, then I don't think like the highest resolution is necessarily the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I never really noticed it, Yeah. but it, you do kind of notice things when you start messing around with some of the settings of like the, um, whatever, like the up sampling resolution stuff or, you know, things like that, where if you look hard enough, you can see like things in the background are maybe a little fuzzy or whatever. Yeah. So, but. so the, the one thing that jumps out in death stranding, it, it, I don't know, it almost feels dumb to complain about this because it's so minor is like, um, yeah. There's a button that you can push that like does this uh, sort of like scan around you that like shows yeah. packages you're supposed to pick up and, and it, like effectively uh-huh. turns on like radar, you know. But yeah, in doing yeah. that, it puts this kind of like um, you know sci-fi looking kind of like grid on the terrain and stuff. And yeah, when you see right. those like a lot of solid lines, like the the you resolution know. of the screen like <laughs> sticks out, you know, because yeah. like that's the that's the kind of stuff that lower resolution screens like suffer on is is those yeah. kind of like when lines when straight lines start to get a little jaggy. But other than that, like I don't know, like I I originally remember when I, they released the first Steam Deck, and I was like, man, what a disappointment! It's not at least a 1080p screen, but I don't know. Yeah. It's it sounds weird, but like I don't really think it needs it. You know, I think if 1080 would be like the max I would go on something that size. Other than that, I feel like it's a waste. Mm-hmm. But I also think that so many games also have like 720p st- settings presets. So that kind of helps you out a lot in the, the the type of screen that the deck already has now. Yeah. Um, so the other thing yeah, uh, with the hardware that is kind of, I kind of wish that I would have gotten the glossy screen. Um, yeah. Just because, like, I typically uh, I use that. I think I mentioned it last week that I don't think it's like Amfilm or something like that. Whatever the the, mm-hmm. the the popular screen protector brand on on Amazon. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I don't. know. I just run that like on my Switch and like you know stuff like that, uh-huh. just so the screen does it. Like it's real nice to just have those things where it's like, oh shit, this thing scratched. Okay, here's another five dollars. Let's yeah. put on a new one as opposed to like, oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly like these bigger screened things, you know, like. Like my switch, I've gone through two screen protectors. I was very happy that I put it on, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But so I put I put the screen protector on that I, I bought and was planning to use. But when you put it like over the matte screen, it like you mm-hmm. basically delete the like glare resistance by putting it like the screen protector thing on top of it. And it just kind of like yeah. it just sort of looks weird. And yeah, I don't know I if I need that. to get like a different type of screen protector than like the ones that yeah. I'm used to on my switch or whatever. Um, yeah, but, uh, but I don't know. So, so that, that's kind of like the only kind of weird thing is I was like, man, I wish I could have gotten like the regular screen with the higher capacity, but yeah, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I will say I was kind of surprised that, um, loading stuff off the SD card is really not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's load times for sure, but it's not like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's not like loading like you know, an early CD-ROM game where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to double click yeah. this and then go like make lunch <laughs> and wait for it to load, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's weird. You know, there's a lot of comparison videos on on that. And um, it's weird because it's a lot of it depends on the game. And there's some games that loaded faster off an SD card than the hard drive. Oh, really? And then uh, obviously other ways around too. But like, oh. yeah, I think it kind of depends on your card and how a game streams its data and you know whatever but i i think like overall not a big deal um not noticeable where it's yeah. like oh i don't even want to play this game because it's loaded on my sd card and it's going to take forever yeah um because like i had i had played you through, just uh i, I played ahead. i played through the uh what is it the aperture science desk simulator or whatever it's called yeah 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 um yeah. so i played through that so and I was, like, <laughs> I was like oh that was really it's like you know half hour long like intro to the steam deck basically i was like oh that was really fun um and then yeah. when I was done with it, I was like, oh, I'll just offload it to the SD card because, I mean, it'd be nice to, like, have other people, like, fiddle with, like, if they want to see my Steam Deck, I feel like the ideal thing is, like, oh, here, play the, you know, sit down for 20 minutes, half hour, play this thing. Um, yeah, right. So, I, Lindsay was asking me about it, and I was like, oh, here, you want to try it? Like, yeah, load it up. And, yeah, it was, like, an imperceivable difference of playing the game off the SD mm-hmm. card versus the internal storage. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool unexpected i guess uh, i mean i i don't know I, I i don't know how it could be unexpected because i watched the videos but it still seems it seems like it should be slower 
yeah, I guess that's what you're always used to or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, things just being slower that way. Uh, you, this conversation has reminded me that we had an email this week because, um, the emailer talks about this. So you want to jump into this email real sure, fast? Sure. Um, so we had done, I don't remember if this is one of the things I mentioned last week, but we did like a steam deck accessories post mm-hmm. and, um, Mikhail put it together and he was like, here's the best battery pack. Here's the best keyboard, you know, I don't know, whatever else. And, um, and so uh, Terrence emails us um, with the subject, additional Steam Deck accessory recommendations. All right. So he says, Eli, Jared, and Mikhail, I'm a decade-strong weekly listener of the podcast, and I love you all's work. Thank you for that. Um, he says, I've had my 256-gig Steam Deck for about a month, and it is awesome. Normally, I agree with a lot of your site's recommendations. However, some of your Steam Deck accessory recommendations should have caveats. Specifically, your recommendation on the SD card and the USB-C hub. Nothing is wrong, per se, with what you recommend, but if a person wants to maximize the Steam Deck, there are better options. Um, And so for the SD card, um, we, in our guide, we recommended just the regular SanDisk Ultra. Um, And uh, he says, uh, if you want to maximize performance of the Steam Deck, consider getting an A2 class card. I did a ton of research before purchasing an SD card for my Steam Deck. I learned that A2 class cards have much better non-sequential read speeds than A1 class cards, which makes them ideal to run games off of. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, When it comes to the Steam Deck, an A2 class card will give much more similar performance to the internal NVMe drive than an A1 class card will give. This is why I purchased a Sandus Extreme A2, a 512 gig, um, instead of the cheaper. So this is interesting. So um, I, he's, he sounds like he's done more research than I did at the time. But when I was buying mine, um, I bought the one terabyte card. And um, I ran into the same sort of thing of like, um, do I want this extreme one? It's more expensive and I don't understand what's better about it. And there's all these numbers and things like that on the card itself. And so you can actually look up, like if you Google it or whatever, there's like a diagram that shows you what all those symbols and stuff mean on an SD card. And, uh, sorry, I was trying to, I made myself laugh. Um, and so he's right. The A2 designation, um, means that it can, it can do random read and write speeds that are, um, a little more than double, um, or triple, the the speed of an A1, but what I had found is that um, somebody mentioned this before the Steam Deck even came out, just when they had released the specs of it or whatever. Um, the Steam Deck only supports, and if you go to SteamDeck.com and you go to like the tech specs part of the website that shows you everything, you'll see this. Um, the Steam Deck only supports UHS one bus speed, and so the argument was sort of like that's the fastest it'll read data, right? There are faster cards, but it has to support UHS-2 or UHS-3. UHS-1 is 104 megabytes a second, which is not slow, but that's the slowest out of like what's available. Um, And so everything else about the card kind of doesn't matter because everything sort of stops at this one transfer speed. Is, is what I was led to believe from looking this stuff up. Well, I could, I could um, see how like the, the random reads and stuff like that could make a difference, but it does. Yeah. I, 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 I never thought about that part of it. I sort of just read that and was like, okay, well it's not worth going out of your way to get a way faster card because the steam deck's not gonna be able to utilize it. Cause it only supports this UHS one speed type. <laughs> and so when I ended up buying my card, I ended up buying the um, extreme anyway, because um, it was on some deal that was like $20 more than the regular one at one terabyte. And I was like, oh, well, screw it. I don't really know the difference, but I might as well get the extreme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think the, I think what I've always heard over the years is like extreme means it can take more reading and writing, whereas a lot of SD cards at some point will peter out when they get, re- you know, written to and overwritten more and more. But like, both those things take like years and years and, and like hundreds of thousands of rewrites and, you know, whatever, like getting to even to that point would be kind of like something you probably wouldn't run into before you needed a new SD card anyway, but whatever, it was like an extra 20 bucks. Um, so I ended up getting the extreme, but 
But now I wonder, like, does that make a difference or whatever? Um, but I, even if it does, I don't think it necessarily makes that big of a difference. Like what we were just talking about, like it kind of not perceptible speed differences, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the, the way that I kind of um, mentally looked at how I'm handling my storage is like uh, stuff that I want to play, I'll keep on the internal storage and stuff that I kind of want to offload for later or yeah. don't really care about, I'll just put on the SD yeah. card. At which point, like yeah. a minor performance difference, like didn't make a, I, I didn't really care too much. Like that's why I bought the normal one instead right. of extreme. Cause I was like, yeah. they were at, at the time it was like an $80 difference. And I was yeah. just like, eh, which it know. normally like, is. Yeah. I was just like, man, I'm going to use my SD card for like ROMs and other bullshit. And like, right. It's hard to imagine a situation where that really matters to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I totally agree. Like I, if you I, want like absolute maximum performance out of the thing like yeah buy yeah. the premium sd cards but right i just yeah. um i don't i mean i don't know how many people are amped for hey, i think if they're both on sale and there is similar difference in price it's worth it but yeah. um if there if that if the extreme wasn't on sale at the time i happened to look into it I would have just bought the regular one and never thought about yeah. it again. But I mean, I do, I do, I do think, appreciate like, like if, if the steam deck did support UHS three, like then, yeah, it'd be a, a big difference. Yeah. And, you then know. you, yeah, yeah. Then you'd be at these like blazing speeds The the, everyone would buy the lowest tier hard drive version because, yeah, right. uh, your memory card would be so fast. But, um, so anyway, I do appreciate it being, being brought up though. And so for anybody that was curious, um, that's a differentiator between the two, the A1 and A2 class SD cards. Yeah. Something you might want to consider. Um, and then as far as USB-C hub, um, there is no official Steam Deck hub out yet, but one is coming apparently. Um, but also, this isn't something that's really up my alley or something I'm really super interested in doing ever anyway. Yeah. Um, I, same reason I don't really play my Switch on the TV either. Um, but if you are... Um, he says, uh, the Anchor Hub that you recommend is functional, but it is limited to 4K at 30 hertz. While the Steam Deck is not a 4K gaming machine, if you're going to use it docked on a 4K monitor, you may want to have everything running in 4K while in desktop mode. That's a good point. Um, the Hub that you recommend can only do 4K at 30, which is a degraded user experience compared to 4K at 60. Most of the USB-C hubs on the market can only do 4K 30. However, Anchor does make a USB-C hub that does 4K at 60, but it is over twice the price of yeah. the 4K at 30 model. Yeah, yeah, I yes. plan to wait on Valve's official dock, but for those who do want a 4K at 60 hub, you can find it here. Yeah, so um, like that's that's one thing that I actually was looking at and noticed and um, yeah. was talking to you, Mikhail, about that. And he was saying that yeah. like what he uses his dock for is like, fucking around in desktop mode to like set something up that's a pain in yeah. the ass to do yeah. with the controls yeah. and then playing the games on his thing which i was like oh yeah. well, that makes yeah. sense well it's weird because something like a steam deck and especially as more and more of them get shipped out um you see people be like i got rid of my computer and this is my old computer now and i dock it and i use it as a computer and then i undock it and play games on it or whatever you know which is like awesome that people can do that or have a situation where that works for them but um yeah, I also think this is kind of, you know, probably worth in both these instances, the SD card and the hub, I would say it's worth maybe going back to our guide and just adding the more expensive, more premium version yeah. of a thing and letting well, people know yeah, that's this kind is of like, an option. Right. That's kind of like what uh, Wirecutter and Sweet Home and, and stuff like that do. It's like, hey, here's a yeah, recommendation, like the, but the if you want... The option for everybody yeah. would be this. Or the but upgrade pick. if you want to spend more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um but it is, it is, I didn't really think about this after we posted it. So I appreciate this all being brought to light. And for those who are considering an SD card or a hub for a Steam Deck, these are things to take into consideration yourself. Um, it closes out by saying Steam Deck is not for everyone, but it's definitely for those who love portable gaming and who don't mind getting their hands a little bit dirty. I've set up tons of cloud gaming on my device, GeForce Now, Stadia, Luna, Xbox Cloud Gaming, and PlayStation Now. Unfortunately, only PS3 games work. And have even gotten in-home PlayStation 5 streaming going through Chiaki. That's something I've never heard of. Um, he says, let the backlog of destruction commence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let the backlog destruction commence. That's such a good point because that's, oh man, this is like a backlog destroyer. Like once you have it this easily available to play anywhere, you start mowing down games. Oh, yeah. Um, stay awesome, Terrence C. 
Thank you very much, Terrence, for writing in a very thoughtful email and brought up some good points and some good discussion. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, really. Um, I don't know. I just I just love this thing. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, mentioning getting his hands dirty where like I've kind of like purposefully wanted to see like how much I could just kind of like play inside of kind of the uh, uh, yeah. I don't know, inside like a, the playpen that uh, Valve set yeah. up before. I only I only got into desktop mode once and we just kind of just yeah. wanted to even check it out just to see like yeah, what right. was going on there and I was yeah. like all right well whatever I got 200 games that are you know <laughs> like either deck compatible that, or uh yeah that you know, was certified. like the um main main point of my review was basically like if you wanted to be into PC gaming and you don't want to fuss or muss like this thing's awesome because you can pick yeah. it up and it feels like just a dedicated console that just its store is the Steam store, just like the the Switch's eShop would be its store, and you never really have to know the difference if you don't want to. And by and large, you can just be a complete PC gaming noob and and play tons and tons of PC games in a really great, yeah. you know, have a really great experience doing it. What, um, I, right I, out of the box. What I've been surprised by too is like the games that it shows. Whatever the yellow check mark means, I think it's like uh, yeah. works, but isn't like minor fully issues, certified yeah. or whatever. I really like yeah. how it like pops up and like shows you what the issues are because like yeah um I so I downloaded Sea of Thieves because and mm-hmm. I because I was like this will be a good proof point because this is an extremely Windows game that typically yeah. you buy through the Microsoft Store I bought the Steam version because yeah. I hate the Microsoft Store so much so I own it twice um, yeah. and I was like all right this surely is going to have issues and like the only only problem I ran into is that like when you load the game, you have to log into your windows account. And that was yeah. just kind of awkward with the on-screen keyboard and stuff. But yeah, once I got past yeah. that, it was like, you know, it was crazy. Like when I first loaded it up, it was like, you know, it gives you like all the status updates of like what it's doing. And it was mm-hmm. like it, all this yeah. like direct X stuff. I was like, Oh, this a hundred percent is not yeah. going to work. <laughs> and then like, yeah. sure enough, it's like, it's fine. Like it runs yeah. just as good as it does on my Xbox. Valve needs to earn, it needs to be awarded some sort of major award for Proton because it's ridiculous how well it works um, when you think about what it's actually doing, right. how it's right. running through a, a, a layer, an entire layer. It's running this Windows software um, lots of times with zero like help from the other end. Oh, like yeah. It's just running it through this layer and it's coming out fine on the other end. It's crazy to me that it yeah. works as well as it does. I mean, I've, I've seriously have yet to come across. And again, I've just been playing inside of like, you know, the, yeah. the, the steam deck stuff, but like, yeah, have yet to come across something that runs poorly, like unplayably bad, doesn't launch yeah. anything like that. I've been really surprised. Yeah. Um, I'll also say that, uh, I really appreciate having the desktop mode. And um, I actually found it, it used to be a pain in the ass to um, be like, oh, I got to go into desktop mode to do this thing or whatever, um, add a non-Steam game to Steam or whatever. And um, it'd be like really cumbersome to like navigate and blah, 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 blah. Well, like I got really used to using the touchpads, which at first I was like, I'm never going to use these touchpad things. I don't think they they don't really accurately feel like a good replacement for like a mouse. If you wanted to play a mouse game um, and they don't feel like good dual analog stick replacements. I just didn't see the purpose of them at all. Um, but I sort of warmed up to them in games. And then I really warmed up to them as a way to navigate that desktop mode. Oh, um, really interesting. It feels really good. It has like um, momentum behind moving the cursor around and stuff like that. And the clicking, the haptic clicking is really good. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always found it, it took a while, but I eventually got really used to using desktop mode that way. Hmm. And then I came to really appreciate, I forget what it is, but whatever version of Linux desktop runs in desktop mode, um, I, I've always been somebody that's like scared of, you hear Linux and you think it's like this crazy thing. You have to know like command lines to run and everything. And in some cases, I think that's true. Um, whatever this version is, I can't think of the name that that comes with Steam Deck is like the most user friendly version of Linux there is, but I like that. It feels not super different than using Windows, really, and a lot of things work the way you would think they would, um, and I think that's really cool. It makes me feel like why don't more people use an alternative like operating system other than Windows? But I guess everyone just kind of does what they know, um, and maybe like me, like just even 
the mention of Linux sounds scary. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be complicated or whatever, and it's really not. So. Well, for for um, quite a while, it was like a, 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 I don't know how you pronounce it, Ubuntu or whatever was like really yeah. gaining yeah. steam for like, oh, yeah. you've got an old shady computer you're going to give to your grandma, like yeah, just install yeah. this on it and she can just get online yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, um, and then it seemed like the iPad came along. And it was like anyone that was going to do that just got them an iPad instead. <laughs> yeah, which probably for the best. But yeah, yeah it, that's totally true. Because, yeah, I set uh, my parents up. I remember I sent my parents up a, a, a Ubuntu install of, you know, some old e-machine that I got for free somewhere, yeah. you know. And was just like, yeah. God, I I hope that I never get a phone call asking me for fix it, to fix anything because I don't know how to do anything <laughs> on this beyond, like, burn the disk, put it in, and, like, let it do its install. Yeah. Like, so, oh, you have a problem? Well, it's time to throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. Let's just reinstall Ubuntu and try again. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, so, you yeah. know, I guess to tie a, a tie a bow on this, you know, like real, yeah. real happy with the Steam Deck. I think Valve's got a real yeah. winner here. Um, real. I, I thought yeah. that it was going to be one of these things where I was like, you know, it's cool, but like X, Y, and Z is kind of dumb. And like, I don't know, like being an early adopter kind of sucks. And like the Steam Deck 2 is the one that's going to be good. But yeah. like, yeah, I don't know, man. This thing fucking rules. I think the only way they can improve things is maybe making a smaller version. But also, I don't think it could be small enough to make a difference anyway. Like you said, you're going to take a bag either way. Yeah. So would you rather have a larger screen and tons of room for controls and, and gripping? And that's another thing that I didn't realize I would appreciate so much. You've been using the weird grip mm -hmm. case thing for your Switch for a long time, so maybe you don't notice as much. But... Um, the Steam Deck feels very comfortable with the contoured ends. Yes, and, 100%. Um, and, you know, like, my hands don't cramp up, whatever. Have you gone back and played Switch since you've had a Steam Deck? Nope, I have not touched my Switch. <laughs> I can't imagine you would, but you should play it for, like, 30 minutes and feel how awful it feels now. The Switch feels like dog shit in your hands now oh, because the Steam Deck is so comfortable. And so when I, after I got rid of mine, I was like, I'm going to take an opportunity of not having a Steam Deck for a while to play through a bunch of switch games i've been ignoring and uh it just my hands hurt after like five minutes it's it's crazy how bad the ergonomics are on a switch yeah and i think you don't really notice it or care about it so much because it was like oh my god like full-blown games handheld who cares right it's like um, oh new zelda but awesome. when you have something that yeah when you have something that's actually molded and felt to feel good in your hands it's uh hard to go back so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway well that's why you seem that good dumb grippy thing so yeah i can't uh Ah oh, man, I, every Monday I'm like, oh, it's, the day's the day, and then I don't get an email, and then I think, well, I've heard they might send some out on Thursday, yeah, and then Thursday rolls around, and it's another disappointment, and um, yeah, that's my life lately, so. Maybe this Monday. I don't know, I'm in the April, May, June time frame, maybe it really is June, maybe the the predictor on Reddit was right, it said something like June 20th or June 16th. So I, so I got mine the week after they said I would get it on the dumb predictor. After? Thing. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to be end of June. I hope not. <laughs> um, if that's the case, whatever. I don't yeah. care. I'm, I'm making my way through. Um, do you want to... Let's, let's burn through few... these stories and then get to the secret playdate chat. How about that? Secret playdate chat. I'd love to hear feedback on what anyone thought that listened to our secret playdate chat last week. Um, shoot us an email or something. Let us know. Because uh, I made an extra effort to play my playdate more this past week. So we could talk about it on the podcast, and I'm it's I'm glad I am because this thing's fun. I love the playdate. So okay. Um, anyway, just a couple things I want to mention from the mobile gaming news of the week. Um, the somebody posted this in the forums a few weeks ago. I think there was a Kickstarter for a game called Backpack Hero, and one of the stretch goals was like, oh, we want it to come to mobile, but we're gonna have to see first how the Kickstarter does, and blah blah blah. Um, well. The Kickstarter did almost a thousand percent over what they were asking for. Yeah. <laughs> they were asking for like twenty grand, and they got like two hundred. Um, so hey, I think a mobile version is going to happen, although it's not officially confirmed yet. But that whole thing just kind of brought this to my attention because um, this is a really cool game. It's called Backpack Hero, and the idea is like um, you know if you have like a inventory in like an RPG or something like that, and it's just like a grid. And uh, you have to put items in it, and some items are long and take up three spare yeah, yeah, squares, yeah. and some items are, you know, whatever. And then if you if you can't fit any more things, you can't carry more things, right? Um, this is a game kind of built around that concept. 
um, you actually have a backpack that's a small grid of squares and you have objects that you collect and want to take with you that are different shapes and you have to figure out a way to fit everything in there. But then as you level up, you can make your backpack larger by adding space to it. Um, and then the most clever thing is that the items you collect actually can have different properties based on what they're next to in your backpack. And so this opens up all sorts of cool like ways to like, oh, this dumb dagger that was kind of a boring um, weapon. Well, now I got this other thing. And if I put it next to the dagger in my backpack, it charges it up and makes it this really powerful dagger. Um, so it's kind of like an interesting way to jazz up like a typical sort of RPG system of, of items and loot and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it works really well. Seems like just the most perfect game for a mobile game. Um, you can actually play a demo of this in the browser now. And after I played the demo was like what made me want to post about this because it is so much fun. It is like one of the most addicting games ever, even though I hate using that. Yeah, I've been I've been sending this to friends of mine that are really into um, playing uh, uh, Escape from Tarkov, which is has a oh, I'd never huge. Uh, well, no, not at all. Um, it has oh. <laughs> um, a huge, huge, huge inventory management kind of thing. Like, oh. like it's it, like I yeah. kind of got I don't know I, I got frustrated and bored with it because like yeah. so like the cadence of the game basically is like you drop into a map and you kill other players and NPCs and stuff mm-hmm. like that but like primarily what you're doing is like scavenging for supplies and looting and stuff like that and then yeah. you come yeah. out of the game and you need to put the shit that you picked up in your different like bags that you have into your main inventory to mm. then use like the different kind of like crafting stuff to like mm. upgrade your guns and all this other stuff and yeah like it, mm. it'd be so fucking dumb because so i'm like a, a call of duty idiot right like i really like just shooting shit having fun mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. right and it so you get that in tarkov but the games last like 15 minutes and then you spend like a half hour being like <laughs> like playing tetris with your inventory to be like fuck how oh, can i, I get this that. like yeah. one like <laughs> one stupid optic for my gun in here it's like shaped like yeah. an s and like you know well, all this other stuff <laughs> and i was just like guys <laughs> this, is, this is the dumbest game i've ever played like we are spending more time doing dumb yeah. inventory management than we are playing this the game which i mean the game itself yeah. is kind of fun but like the inventory stuff like fuck that so That's so funny um this is like this yeah, is like this uh, is a game about that <laughs> yeah i love it i love it it's like a cool concept but very streamlined and that's why i say it would work super well on mobile um and then in between you getting new items you know you battle turn-based battles with enemies in a dungeon there's a little overworld map or whatever um that's just in the demo too and the full game is actually sounds really ambitious it's gonna have like an overworld map and you'll actually run around and explore um, dungeon to dungeon, more like a traditional RPG and stuff like that. So I don't think it's even planned to come out until sometime next year. And then who knows if it does come to mobile when that would be. But um, something to keep on your radar. And like I said, playing the demo in your the browser demo is very worth doing. It will eat up a bunch of your time. So Backpack Hero, um, something to check out and keep on your radar. Um, Apex Legends Mobile, that's a big release coming out. Finally has a release date. It's coming out on Monday. That's, uh, no, Tuesday, the 17th. Um, that's soon. So I now, am actually, is this, um, I haven't been following this super closely because I, I, yeah. I'm a Warzone idiot, not an Apex yeah. idiot. Um, yeah. is, uh, is, are, can you play cross platform or is this its own silo thing? Okay. This is its own mobile version only. Um, that will, I, I, so I'm in the beta for this and, um, Probably can't say some things about it right now. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Uh, Monday is an embargo lift on talking about it, but um, let's just say it's, this is its own thing, and it will have its own things going on that are different from what's going on in the other versions of the game on console Ooh. and PC. Um, so would you say it's and, fair uh, to uh, describe this where it's like Apex Mobile is to League of Legends Wild Rift as is you know like Apex to League of Legends kind of thing? Yeah. Or, however you should order yeah. that to extremely like that and um or like call of duty modal very same but also very different it's really good like um the game itself is really good it feels extreme i don't play apex on anything else and i don't really play battle royals anyway but um from what i've played of the mobile version it's super good 
Um, but just like Call of Duty Mobile is too, though. You know what I mean? Like that game came out and it felt very much like I don't feel like I'm playing like a baby down mobile version of something. It feels like it's a whole game. Um, I think that's really true here too. But um, I guess the uh, the devil will be in the details of things like battle passes and unlocking things and blah yeah. blah blah, all that stuff. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of which, anyway, so, coming out next week. That's that's what's been kind of surprising. It's like so, um, yeah, kind of off topic, but on topic. So in Warzone. They're starting mm-hmm. to tease Warzone 2 that's going to launch with yeah. Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. So it's two. a sequel to... I don't know. The the way they're naming these games is getting more and more stupid, right? Um, mm. So they're making a, a sequel to Modern Warfare, but Modern Warfare 2 already exists. So it's like Modern Warfare 2 2 or yeah. Modern Warfare 2. It's like but they rebooted not... and now it's a sequel to the reboot, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Either way, I'll play so it and love it. But... Um, so it's part of twenty-seven. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So as part of that, they are relaunching Warzone as Warzone Two, and mm. they've come out to say that like so. Originally, what I liked about Warzone was that your purchases, so you can buy skins and shit like that in Call of Duty, right? And yeah. from Call of Duty uh, Modern, the Modern Warfare remake, through yeah. Black Ops, through Vanguard, like anything that you bought mm-hmm. could be brought into Warzone. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, I would have this thing of like, oh, well, fuck, dude, like, who cares? Like I'm buying a skin and I can use it in like at, at least two yeah. games. And like, these are ongoing yeah, yeah, services. Yeah. So like, I'll be able to use it for a really long time. And ever since they announced that like nothing's coming over to Warzone 2, like I've flat out like stopped buying stuff in Warzone. I wonder if they see a big drop because of something like that. Because isn't that supposed to be the point of a games as a service that runs for years and years and years? Is that you can just take things with you, you know? Uh, yeah, pretty much. But I suspect what's happened is that, um, and I only know this from like working in licensing over the last few years. I think that like, mm-hmm. um, so for instance, there's all kinds of weird tie-ins in Warzone. Like you can play as like yeah. Saw Guy and stuff like that. I am like 99% mm-hmm. sure that when they licensed that, it was for Call of Duty Modern Warfare for the PC, Xbox, Series X, or wait, what was the previous one? Xbox One. Xbox One X and PS4, right? Yeah. Which is why we haven't seen an optimized version of Warzone and everything else, because like those things had these very specific like platform carve-outs, right? Like when you're licensing something like that, you are very narrow with what you license it for. You don't like, you don't tell Activision like, yeah, here's Saw Guy, use it forever, you know, for whatever you want. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, So I think like they need to do this to make this like clean break so they can have these licenses updated with this idea that like, oh, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Because I don't think that they they expected Warzone to be as successful as it has, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember feeling miffed, not because I was a player of it or anything like that, but just because I um, felt like they went back on their original plan. But the original Destiny was supposed to be like that, where they're like, oh, we're building this game and it's going to have a 10-year life cycle and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then I forget, it was like two or three years after it came out that Destiny 2 started getting talked about or whatever. Um, and I just remember thinking like, that's messed up. You know what I mean? Like, why are you, it doesn't feel like you need a sequel. You can just add to this game or whatever. But, um, I think there was a lot to it of like, you know, it's like when you start a game and you get 10 hours in and you you finally understand all the ins and outs of the game. And you're like, man, I kind of want to start over now knowing what I know now. Um, I think there's a lot of that going on too. Where, like you said, I don't think they expected Warzone to become what it did. Yeah. And now this gives them an opportunity to release a Warzone 2 with that clarity of being like, hey, if we license something, we need to... Yeah, well, like in a, perpetuity, like whatever Warzone yeah. 2 is on, we have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can also, um, the original Warzone kind of launched on the cusp of new hardware. So it's right. like, the, that's you're not going to be looking at new hardware for another five plus years at least, I don't think. Um, well, you never so know. So even, <laughs> if if, even if it is limited to this current batch of systems um yeah. you know you have years ahead yeah um also with apex like yeah. apex has pissed people off in the past though because like um if you play on pc like your your progress and purchases are siloed to that platform mm. so so it doesn't even cross between like console stuff nope nope if you bought shit on xbox oh, yeah, and you play whack. on pc you start over yeah, that's um, whack. I don't like that at all. That honestly, well, that might have been why my group of friends 
played Warzone instead of Apex because it was like yeah. we played Apex when it like when it first came out on I think it was yeah. a PC beta or something like that. Then played on console. Yeah. I was like, fuck, like none of this shit comes over. It's just stupid. Yeah. And yeah. then that was kind of yeah, yeah. that was kind of it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I would be surprised if anything comes over to iOS, but I don't know. Yeah. The problem is yeah. like in League of Legends Wild Rift kind of kind of did this. I feel like if you give players any indication that it's possible for you to bring something over and you don't bring like everything yeah. over, it pisses them off. Yeah. So that's like, true too. like, yeah. like Riot had a, I mean, I don't know how, it's always hard to know how many people are complaining because it was just like a subreddit thing, but like people were pissed mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you didn't bring all your champions and skins over, which kind of made sense because it was like, well, I mean, they're a different pool right now. Like we don't have everything from mm-hmm. the PC version. And then they decided like, okay, well, based on how much crap you bought on the PC, like we'll give you you know, some nebulous amount of premium currency based on that, which like yeah. once they tipped their hand that they could do that, it was like yeah. game over as far as like people ever being reasonable about it ever again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I'm excited for this either way, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it, it's a very well-made game. I think it'll do really well. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you're hardcore on other platforms, I don't know how you'll feel about any of this. Cause it's, it's definitely its own thing. It's not necessarily a complimentary game to someone that's hardcore on another platform um but i don't know we'll see uh tuesday apex legends mobile will launch and uh should be interesting to watch and then the um last story i had to talk about this week is something i just posted actually um apparently this got announced a couple days ago and i didn't even notice it but they sent an email through um raw fury announced kingdom 80s an 80s version of the Kingdom games, like Kingdom New Lands and Kingdom Two Crowns. Uh, pretty unexpected sort of theme for this series, I would say. This is like, the first two games are very much like medieval fantasy type, darker sort of games. Um, so to see some sort of like crazy 80s throwback style version of Kingdom was pretty jarring, but I actually kind of dig it. I think it, it makes sense. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of like weave in 80s nostalgia hits into something like Kingdom. Um, so I don't know. Pretty cool. It's, so far, there's only been a teaser release, but it's, uh, I think you can get a good idea of how it's going to go. There is a story behind it, which is more or less Stranger Things' plot, where um, you know an evil thing is invading a town and a group of kids fight back or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of silly, but also kind of works because, you know, instead of riding horses, they're riding like BMX bikes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. So, it's a cool formula. Like I could see them kind of like yeah. going like the reins route where like maybe they even like, yeah. you know, make a kingdom totally. kind of thing that ties yeah. into something else. That's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good formula and definitely very switchable thematically. So um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I feel like this is the last thing anybody thought. Um, especially a game named Kingdom. I don't know. But um, Kingdom 80s, it's going to come out this year. They have not named platforms officially, but I feel like because the other kingdoms did eventually come to mobile that this one will probably come to mobile too, even if it is much further down the line. But um, other platforms you can expect sometime this year, and I'm sure they'll be sharing much more about this over the summer and stuff. But uh, yeah, cool idea. Worth watching the trailer, especially if you like the Kingdom games. And if you don't like the Kingdom games... I think you're wrong. I think you do like them. I awesome. like the Kingdom games, but I just always feel like I'm playing them badly or wrong. That's part of the fun is not knowing what the hell you're doing until you get screwed and die. And then you carry that knowledge into the next playthrough, <laughs> there you go. Um, which is, yeah, I love these games. So anywho, that is all I really had in mobile gaming news stuff for this week. Um, should we wrap up the regular show and get the secret play date talk? Sure. I got uh, kids on the way home that are going to interrupt us. So um, the sooner the better we wrap things up. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, we are primarily supported through our listeners and our readers and our, well, not so much our viewers lately. But if you like what we're doing and want to see us continue doing it, please check out uh, patreon.com forward slash touch arcade. Consider throwing a little support our way. And you can also help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Uh, also, shoot us an email, podcast at touchacade.com. Um, let us know. What did I say to email us about earlier? Let us know what you uh, think of the secret play date discussion. Yes. If you like it, if you stick around for it, or if you're scared to be spoiled and you cut it off, let us know what you're doing. Um, 
With that, thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. Stay tuned for Secret Playdate Talk. All right, is it safe? Is it safe? Okay. So if this you're week's... still listening and you don't want to be spoiled, you're screwed. It's on, yeah, it's on. Um, so this okay, week's two games were Flipper Lifter and Echoic yeah. Memory for me. So I'm, I'm on the yeah. bleeding edge of Playdate releases of, not, yeah. of people that didn't get everything spoiled that had... I was, playing, I was playing a pick, pick pop pop pick pop pop so pop, pop honestly i don't i'm not wild about either of these so really flipper lifter is uh kind of a more simple mini game sort of thing where you are mm-hmm. in control of a elevator that you use with the crank yeah. to lower the elevator up and down and yes. like basically you have penguins that waddle in from what is it three different uh floors four different floors well maybe. they they add on oh, as you they? do better. Yes. See, I haven't gotten that far. I was like, oh, it's kind of dumb. Okay. So <clears throat> I had that initial reaction to this game too, where I was like, oh, it's like an elevator action game or whatever. Like, that makes sense. And that's cute. Control an elevator with the crank. That makes sense. But I wasn't super jazzed on it until like, I don't know. Like, I, my kid loves this thing. My three-year-old loves this thing. And he always wants to play it. And he always wants to turn the crank. And, um, which I think is, it says a lot about the play date, but, um, so we'll scroll through all the games and he'll pick out the ones he wants to play. And because this one's home screen icon is like a cute penguin or whatever, he will frequently say, I want to play that one. Um, so the more I played it just because he was choosing it, the more I played it, the, the more I started to really appreciate this game. Um, yeah, it was sort of like, okay, I get it. The concept of it. That's cool. Oh, I see. And, and I, I moved on pretty it. quickly. Um, this game is very finely tuned difficulty wise and sort of like strategically because, um, the, uh, you have to get people to the certain floors and load and unload them to the correct floors in a certain amount of time, or they'll get mad. And if they get mad, they'll storm off on whatever floor you're closest to. And, um, you won't be able to move the elevator again until they've exited the building. And so that's like a neat. Okay. So I didn't realize that part. Cause I was like, so I if you deliver people on time and they're happy, they like slide on their bellies out the doors and it goes really fast and you can immediately move your elevator again. Um, if you piss someone off, you have to wait for them to like stomp off and it's really slow. And so it gets to this point of where you're like, oh my God, I, I took too long and this guy's pissed. But now I have other people that you can see their little meters. They're getting close to being pissed and you can't even move your elevator until this dude's done fuming and stomping off. Um, and that kind of adds a really cool wrinkle to things and also like a lot of like panic. And then, um, and then, yeah, as you do better, you can even like combo and stuff too, but as you do better, you, they add more floors on. Um, and then if you go, if you're on the, um, the, uh, title screen, you can actually pick, there's different levels. The first one is the hotel and that's the most basic, um, and then if you scroll down, you can unlock. It'll tell you how many stars you need to unlock the next level. I've only unlocked the, the next one up, which is mines. Um, a funny wrinkle here is that you're in the mines and you're doing the same thing with elevators or whatever. But randomly, a giant like hawk will fly through on one of the levels and eat some people that are waiting for the elevator. And um, similarly, they will duck in fear as the hawk is coming, which means they're not getting on or off the elevator, which means you're sitting there waiting for something to finish before you can move on. Um, so those little things like add up to make like a pretty clever take on what I thought was just like a pretty straightforward concept. Okay. Yeah. Now um, that you've explained what to do, this makes a lot more sense. Like I don't know. Yeah, if I, I, like, I, miss the I like this game or... a lot more. It took a few tries, but I like this game a lot more now. Um, it also gets really hard and it's also the, um, the crank, ness of the moving the elevator feels really good like it's tuned really well to the crank the crankiness Um, the cranking is is great so anyway (coughs) i i totally get where you're coming from because i initially was like oh that's cute cool whatever and then i died after one try and was like moved on um yeah give this one more more of a go and i think it will start to um yeah, it seems cool. Now. Like I, over. it didn't. I mean, unless I totally missed it, like it didn't even tell you really like how to play. It was just like a lot of these games don't explain themselves well at all. And and this, you're right. It, I it, there might be like a directions menu somewhere or something like that, but definitely doesn't really let you know what's going on. 
and that's this isn't the only game that does that. So, um, yeah, that's a, a theme I've noticed with a lot of Playdate games. Is like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing? Um, but anyway, Flipper Lifter I think is actually a pretty good, good little game. Um, the Echoic Memory. This is another one I didn't quite understand at first. And I still don't totally understand it, but I think I do. And um, I think it's okay. It's weird. It's like um, you have these little modules that play a little loop of like a beat or a sound or a synth or whatever. And then um, you use the crank to adjust like the pitch of it. So it gets lower or it gets higher or whatever. Um, and it's sort of like the memory card game where you flip over one card mm -hmm. and you're trying to flip over another card to match the two, you know, like the mini game in Mario three. Um, it's kind of like that, but you have to match the pitch also. So you'll pick a pitch of the first sound bite and then you'll go through and try to find the next sound bite. And once you find one you think matches, you also need to match the pitch of the two. If that makes sense using the crank. Um, so I don't know. It's like clever, but I don't know if it's fun, I guess, is how I would explain it. Yeah. I, um, there's I was also like... like a lot of story stuff going on that I zipped through too quickly. I kind of want to start over and see like what the narrative part of it is, because that might actually make it more enjoyable. But the actual like gameplay mechanic itself is neat, but I don't know if it's like fun or that challenging, actually. Yeah. Like to me, this this seems like if you... If you were into boogie loops, this is a game that you'll mm -hmm. probably like. If you thought boogie yeah. loops was like, I don't know, I mean, that's cool, I guess, but it's not my thing, then this also is very likely extremely not your thing. Yeah, I mean, at least <sighs> boogie loops is like, I, I don't know how to make music at all. I don't know what <laughs> to do with any of this stuff. At least the stuff is kind of made for you. It kind of tests your ear because matching a pitch is sort of satisfying, but um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's something. I want to give some more time to this one too to see if maybe there's a little more to it. But my problem with this I one too is I, I typically I've been unique. like really taking advantage of like bringing my ste or my uh, my playdate like weird places. You know, like I'll bring yeah. it and we like watch dinner or you know, at a bar somewhere or something like that. Yeah, and it's just like not conducive to oh well, let me play this game with that the sound is with like sound. the yeah the primary yeah. gameplay kind of thing. Totally true. Um, yeah, that's a thing too. So I don't know. I, I think like the library so far is very much what I thought it would be and that it's a lot of super unique things. Right. And some of them are hits and some of them are misses. But oh, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of things that are like very, I never would have thought of that or I couldn't have done this without the crank. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, not everything lands I, as much as I think the developers maybe wanted it to. And I don't know if that's on me personally as like my a taste thing or if I mean, it's I actually don't know. I, a, too weird of a game. I don't think everything needs to be for you, right? I mean, like, no, it, it's like what's interesting about this one is like imagine <laughs> buying like an NES and as yeah. part of buying the NES, you got every single game that came with it. Like yeah, most of the games of you'd be music. like, I don't I don't <laughs> like this. This is dumb. Or... Right, right. Um, and so another thing that came out this week is the um, Game Boy emulator for this thing. Oh, I haven't, I haven't that's fiddled with that. I, listen, I, I, don't, I need <laughs> I need another thing to emulate Game Boy. Like, I need a fucking yeah. another hole in my head. I agree, but I also want to do it. I want to see what it's like. Um, it's called the Game Kid. I'm sure you can find it. Um, somebody made a proof of concept of one when the Playdate was first announced. And I think what they did was they forked a different version of a Game Boy emulator that's like a super, like something that could run on like a microwave display or whatever. Yeah, so it's GameKid.fun. Um, GameKid.fun, because you're going to have fun playing Game Kids. And um, yeah, it's, right it's an interesting process. You load the, the emulator itself, you load, you sideload like any other game. But then to load ROMs on, you actually have to, have, have to plug it into your computer and run... There's a special mode for the Playdate to run as like a data disk or whatever. Um, and once you do that, there's a folder you can just drop ROMs into or whatever. Um, I've also heard that a lot of games, it runs a lot of games, but there's a lot that don't run very well and have they're kind of choppy or whatever, which I find 
anything that can throw as a run a Game Boy emulate like that seems like wow. But also, um, like I said, I think it's a fork of a very, very low, like low tier emulator that's supposed to run on like the lowest hardware ever. Well, also, um, like if you if you kind of like look at the like genesis of this whole thing, it was basically just like a yeah. guy that was like, "Hey, I wonder if I could get this uh, Game Boy emulator right. running." And I, was, I don't yeah. know. Let's give it a go. Yeah. And yeah. so it never was like from the get go. <clears throat> never was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like uh, yeah." So I, found, I just found the original tweet. A hobby project to learn about the handheld console of my childhood, yeah. some rough edges planning on open sourcing once the Playdate ships. Yeah, and, and he has done that. This this is not I don't think it's a final version, but it's a release version and he did open source the whole thing and you know, people can play around with it. That's the the community aspect around the Playdate is shaping up to be awesome. Um, with people that are just down to tinker and down to do things just for the fun of it and for sharing with others, which is I think the the entire idea or the entire point. Um but yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I want to play Super Mario Land on this. I think it would feel the most like a Game Boy that's not a, if it's not actual Game Boy, right? Because I'm going to have to like get in the right light. Um, I'm probably going to be a passenger in a car at night just so I can drive yeah, by yeah, streetlights yeah. and play streetlight to streetlight. And uh, yeah, take me back. But anyway, yeah, that was, that was my play dating of the last week. Um, I do like this thing more and more. The more you play it, I feel like it warm, you warm up to it. Screen issues aside, I still wish it was a backlit screen. I'm, nothing's going to change that. But um, I do find myself playing it more and enjoying it more. So, Well. <coughs> Anything else you want to say about the play date? Nope. Okay, my throat's killing me. I think there's kids home. I haven't eaten yet today. I think there's coffee disintegrating my stomach. So it seems like a good time to wrap things up. Um, already ended the show, so secret Playdate listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll have some more Playdate discussion hidden at the end of next week's episode. So see you guys then. See ya. See ya.